Thank you for downloading this message from Roots Community Church. We pray that you are encouraged by the word. If you're looking for more information, please visit us at rccphoenix.com. Hey there, everybody. Pastor Matt here from Roots Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona, and I want to welcome you to this week's message. Last week, we started a series that we're calling the Wisdom Series, which is based out of the book of Proverbs in the Old Testament, and this week will be number two in that series. Now, as we talked about last week, Solomon, who is the the king of Israel, is uh, coming into power after his son or after his dad David has passed away, and he's only twenty years old. In a dream, he is asked by God for anything that he wants. Solomon responds to God and tells him that he wants the ability to judge his people correctly. He realizes that he's young, that he's inexperienced. He doesn't know how to do this massive task that's in front of him of leading this nation of millions of people. And so he asks God to give him the wisdom to do it correctly. God uh, respects and honors this choice from Solomon, and he says, because you didn't ask for wealth or fame or victory over your enemies or to be you know, known by everyone, because you didn't do that and you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you wisdom, and then I'm going to give you all these other things as long as you follow me. So Solomon is given this godly wisdom. And last week, we said this word a whole lot, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. So what I want to do this week is I want to take a look at exactly what wisdom is. Last week, we looked at what Proverbs were, and this week, I want to define this word wisdom before we get, uh, before we go further in our message. This word in the original language, wisdom, uh, is defined as this, skill, good judgment, applying knowledge in the correct way to different areas. I thought it was very interesting that one of the very first definitions about wisdom is that it's a skill, something that can be learned, can be honed, and can be sharpened. It's followed up by good judgment, that you can make a judgment call, not judging other other people or condemning them in any way, um, like condemning them to hell or something like that, but to actually look at a situation and judge correctly what's going on and what needs to be done in that moment. And then what we're going to find is this, there's a summary definition, that third one's a summary definition of applying knowledge in the correct way to different areas. We're going to see the similarity between that and our English definition of the word wisdom, and there's two of them, and it's this. The soundness of action or decision. And then the last one is experience or knowledge correctly applied. So what we're going to find is that wisdom is just that. Knowledge and experience correctly applied. I just am not learning something and categorizing it in my brain, putting it away in the file cabinet of my mind, so to speak. What I'm doing is I'm understanding what's happening. I'm being able to use the skill of good judgment to understand the correct way to apply um, what I've learned in a specific area. Now, uh, there's three things that happen that I want to... kind of go through this week that Solomon points our attention to in the earlier book of of Proverbs, in the earlier chapters, I should say, of the book of Proverbs. And the first one is he paints a 
a picture of what I'm going to call Lady Wisdom. Lady Wisdom. And I'll tell you, I'm going to read this passage and, and explain to you why I'm calling it this. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 20 through 23. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along Main Street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. Now, obviously, wisdom is not actually an adult human female that lived during biblical times. This is a word picture that Solomon is painting to show that that wisdom is almost like this woman. She's elegantly dressed, she's classy, she's beautiful, and she is walking throughout the, the main place where every person is, and she's calling out. There is an opportunity for every single person to come to greater wisdom and knowledge. The, um, the picture here is Lady Wisdom's walking through the streets, and she's looking at people who are not living wise. They're um, kind of following their own direction, and they're not really thinking things through for their life. And Lady Wisdom is going to them and saying, hey, if you will come to me, I will give you what I have. I will share this knowledge. I will share this insight. I will teach you this skill, and it's available to everyone. That's the first thing I want us to grab here, is that knowledge and wisdom is available to everyone. We may uh, know some person in our life that we really look up to as a spiritual leader because we go, man, they have some wisdom with them that I don't have. That is great. We talked about getting uh, people who are older than us as a voice that can speak into our life to draw out of their wisdom for ourselves and ask them to pass some of that wisdom along to us as people who are younger or less experienced in certain areas. However, it does not mean that one person, that that person you're looking up to, has all of the knowledge and the wisdom and that you can never attain it. The fear of the Lord, the honor, the respect, and the reverence of God is the beginning of that knowledge. And then staying with him and learning from him, he will show you how to apply that knowledge to different areas of your life. Everyone can know wisdom because everyone can know God. So here's this picture of this elegant, beautiful, classy lady inviting all of these average, normal people. Some of them are doing okay. Some of them are not doing okay. They're just living their life however they see fit. She is asking them, come to God, develop the skill of making good decisions, use good judgment, and apply that knowledge correctly. Wisdom, lady wisdom, is willingly and freely willing to share with you and everyone else the knowledge and insight that comes from God. But what happens? After this invitation is made, after this open door is presented to all of the people who are living in this area, the people who are coming and going, people from other nations, people from that are visitors, people who are merchants, and people who are uh, a poor and wealthy— it's the same for everybody. Everyone can have access to wisdom. 
Lady Wisdom has gone out and opened this invitation for everyone, and here's what how they respond to her. Proverbs 1, verses 24 through 31. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejection and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone and anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. So wisdom is available for everyone. This word picture is that this elegant woman is going through the streets and inviting you to, to take the wisdom and the knowledge that she has. She'll be willing to pass, out, pass it out and give it to anyone who asks, who, anyone who comes to God. But the people look at the opportunity and say, eh, I'm good. I don't want it. They reject God. They decide to not follow the wisdom that is uh, very evident and that comes and flows from our Creator. They ignore good judgment and they remain in poor judgment. They ignore making good decisions and they remain making poor decisions. In short, they choose to live their own way. And after some span of time, the, the people who have rejected wisdom, they push her away far enough to where she eventually retreats. She is no longer out there making this available to them anymore. She's letting them do whatever they want. They have rejected her, so she has respected their decision and retreats. She moves away from them, and eventually she's no longer seen. Notice that it says that fools are destroyed by their own complacency, their own decisions. The end of that passage we just read there, it says they chose. They chose to continue living on in their own way, living on their own understanding, living in their own head, living in their own ideas, and not trying to pursue anything else except self-satisfaction. But all the people who listen to Lady Wisdom will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. This one really got me, because if I have this unnerving, unnatural, irrational fear if I of, of something bad happening to my family or to me or to, you know, I'm always afraid of what's going to happen to the church or what's going to happen to my job or what's going to happen to the car or whatever. If I am controlled by this unnerving fear all the time, it means that I have not listened to Lady Wisdom, or let me remove the analogy, I have not properly pursued God enough. I have not come to him and asked him for his clarity on the situation, his knowledge, his wisdom, his insight 
because if I had his knowledge, his insight, if I knew and I realized who he really was, if I did not give into this fear but pressed into this faith that I have in God, if I would not succumb to this fear, if I would embrace him, if I would continue to go to him, he would give me the correct perspective. He would show me something deeper that's going on. And what happens is when he gives you that inside scoop, when he gives it gives you that peace that passes all understanding when he shows you something in his word through his providence he opens or closes a door however he communicates to you um is how he does it is indifferent the fact that he does it brings this peace in you and your fear begins to decrease because you know the one who is in control of everything <clears throat> see the opportunity and invitation to receive wisdom is freely available to everyone, but many, many people will reject that opportunity and continue living for themselves. If you're a believer in Christ and you don't know what to do, you don't know where to go, you don't know which opportunity to take, you don't know how to make the next step, you, there's a bunch of uncertainty, God gives you the ability to know how, and you know how you do that? You have his word. You have his spirit, and he freely gives wisdom to all who ask. The second thing that he alludes to outside of this word picture of Lady Wisdom, he makes a reference to all the benefits of wisdom. Now, in our prosperity gospel-focused Western uh, church uh, era that we're living in, a lot of people... um, Uh, like myself, correctly um, rail on the prosperity gospel. It doesn't make you prosper, and it's not the gospel. It's it's an oxymoron for sure. Um, Because it's always talking about what you get, what you get, what you get, not about who God is about what he what he deserves what he requests the things that in in us that need to die the ideas that need to change the perspectives that need to shift but it doesn't mean that there are never any benefits to serving God oh there's plenty of benefits our issue with the prosperity gospel is it elevates those benefits to the importance of God like the reason I'm doing these things is to get that the reason that I'm uh, that I'm giving in this offering is because I want to get back a hundredfold. The reason that I'm sowing a seed into so and so is because I want to get you know something back, and I give to get, and that's not the the concept that the Scripture teaches. However, there are benefits to serving God, and there are benefits to possessing and increasing and improving our skill of wisdom and a correctly applying knowledge and proverbs chapter 2 verse 1 through 11 lines out several of these these are super interesting let me let me read them to you really quickly verse 1 my child listen to what i say and treasure my commands tune your ears to wisdom and concentrate on understanding cry out for insight and ask for understanding search for them as you would for silver seek them like hidden treasures Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. 
He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. For wisdom wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. Look, there's so much uh, here that we could uh, spend a lot of time pulling out, but just quickly, let me um, let me just draw your attention to a few things here in this passage. He's saying, listen to the wisdom that God gives and try to search for it like people who are looking for hidden treasure. All of us, I'm sure, have seen a, a, a movie as a as a child or watched a movie with our children that talks about, you know, a treasure map and there's pirates and people going after it. And what we find in those type of movies is that people are just doing everything they can. They're selling things, they're going places, they're taking risks, they're doing things they wouldn't normally do in their everyday life so that they can find the treasure. Seeking out this wisdom seeking out the understanding that God gives. This is a worthy endeavor. It is, uh, we're being encouraged here to put all of our effort, all of our attention, all of our focus into pursuing God and his understanding for things the same way you would look for that hidden treasure. Then when you do that and realize that all wisdom, all knowledge, all understanding resides and comes from him, you will understand deeper the importance of it as you pursue him. And then as you pursue him, you're going to realize that he's the one who grants the wisdom. Now look what he gives. Common sense to the honest. He is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and he protects those who are faithful to him. And then as that's happening, those benefits come to you, then you deepen your understanding of what is right, just, and fair, and you find the right way to go. The more and more you make these wise choices, the more you will understand about wisdom, and these decisions will be ones that profit you and not harm you. So the scripture is very clear. Tune your ears to wisdom. Concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight. Seek for them like a hidden treasure. Um, That God grants common sense to the honest. And everything that we just read, that's very clear. Now, look at the approach of our culture. Wisdom says, if we're going to pursue lady wisdom, wisdom says, come to God. The culture says, reject him. You are your own God. There's divinity in you. There's that spark of divinity. All of us are divine, and there's a lot of New Age teaching that's permeating the church at the moment where people are believing like this this singular consciousness that is just in between all of us, and I can send positive vibes or reverberations out to someone, and I'll get positive vibes and reverberations back, and if we can just get on that same frequency and all send out these positive vibes and we will tune into our inner divine self and then we will elevate our consciousness. All of this is nonsense. It rejects 
God. It elevates the self. It's not saying, uh, you know, my flesh and my selfish ways have to die. No, you just have to get in tune with the right people, and then it elevates you. Our culture encourages us not to embrace Lady Wisdom, not to come to God, but to reject Him because all of us are our own God. He talks about um, giving a measure of common sense to the honest. There's a lot of people in our culture that are starting to just resign themselves to the fact that dishonesty is a way of life. Everyone lies. Everyone's going to be dishonest until they're caught. And then once they're caught, we're like, okay, we unraveled your little story here. Now tell us the truth. And no one is shocked by it. But because there is no honesty, because there is deception everywhere, what we're finding is logic, reason, and critical thinking are not only escaping the room, not only do people not possess a level of common sense that was literally common just a few years ago, they're now looking at these things and calling them oppressive. People who reject God, reject reasoning, reject critical thinking. And the more and more our culture rejects God, the more and more they frame these ideas of thinking things through, of correctly applying the knowledge that we have, not just how you feel or wish it was or want it to be. No, to correctly deal with the reality of how things are, we're now being faced with a culture who calls that oppressive and in some cases even racist. This culture wants to silence those who disagree with us. They prioritize self. Dishonesty is accepted as commonplace. Greed and the pursuit of money overruns everything. Everyone is saying, well, that's your truth, not my truth. My truth is this, and my belief is this. And they elevate themselves to the place of as they're, if they're uh, their own God of their own universe, which is in their own head. You can see that this is the attitude of the culture. If you've been on a social media app for longer than 10 minutes in any of the last five years, you can understand all of these ideas are presented. But what are the results? See, we saw the results, the benefits of wisdom, the benefits of pursuing God. He gives us common sense. He gives us uh, peace. He gives us, he reduces our fear. But what's the result of living like the culture? Well, the results of living like the culture is when you reject God, Lady Wisdom retreats. When you look at logic, reason, and critical thinking as if they're oppressive or even racist or these crazy ideas, what happens? People begin to self-destruct. When you silence those who disagree with us, then there's even more of a lack of common sense because there's no one to have a discussion with. The more people prioritize themselves, God removes his protection. And one of the ways that he removes his protection is he gives us what we deserve. And in some ways, as a nation, what we're finding is the more and more we dig deep into the lives of our leaders, the more and more we find out just how corrupt they really are. That corruption 
from the people who are running our governments, they're running our local governments, our state governments, our national governments, people who are in uh, the positions of being judges and are being bought off all the time and all this corruption that is so, it seems, so deeply integrated into something that people even refer to as the swamp. It's so integrated there, and we're like, man, this is a result of people rejecting God, yes, but it is also a result of him removing his protection from us because we're no longer honoring him, so he's going to give us the leaders that are a reflection of what's really going on inside of us. There's an increase in people who are lost. They're hopeless. They're purposeless. There is a an epidemic of people who are every day growing in depression, confusion, anxiety, so much so that the suicide rates are on a startling uptick. There's people that have been in our church that I have sat and talked with afterwards that they have been just so overwhelmed in their life that they started harming themselves, and it is heartbreaking to watch. I'm not saying that there aren't clinical and medical issues for certain people that they need to have addressed, but there also is um, something to be said about our nation today, this chaos that we're living in, this, this constant no truth, nothing is established, everything is fluid, however I feel today is how I feel today, and I'll, I'll make it be that no matter, you know, no matter what reality is. All of this is leading to a spiraling of humanity in our culture. We are the most heavily medicated generation in human history. If we have a problem, somebody will have a prescription for it. And if they don't, it's being looked at right now. Yes, medicines are good. Yes, there are some definite benefits to pharmaceuticals. Yes, there are some things that we absolutely desperately need. But we have gotten to a place in our culture where people are rejecting common sense, rejecting thinking things through, and they want an immediate fix because they want to feel good now. So give me a pill to fix it. All of this is a ripple effect of people who continually reject God, who is the source of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 133, all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. I mentioned that earlier, and it's appropriate to mention again. Why? Because if you are overrun with anxiety and depression, and it's not from a legitimate um, condition that you have, it's just something you constantly struggle with, I want to remind you that wisdom leads to confidence, peace, and boldness. How do I know that? Because all who listen to God will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. There is a confidence that I serve the God who has everything under control. There is a peace from his spirit that I cannot get anywhere else. And when I am not troubled by fear of harm, there is a boldness in me that will allow me to take wise steps and make wise choices in the face of fear. 
Solomon talks about earning a good reputation. He's talking about um, earning a good reputation as someone who makes wise choices, who uses the skill to, to make good judgment. And what is a good reputation? There's a lot of people who have reputations. Not all of them are good. But a good reputation simply means that when people know that when they deal with you, that they'll be treated correctly. That when they tell you something in confidence, it does not going to wind up on a social media post or a part of your gossip session with your friend. When you have a good reputation, they know the depth of your character and it is evident because of how you live your life. That is a good reputation and that is what a correctly applying knowledge, using wisdom and understanding really does. All of us know industries and and um, uh, businesses that have bad reputations. You know, the easiest ones to pick on is, I'm sorry if you own one of these, but a car dealership, right? Because we're <clears throat> um, always, you know, worried about the final price. Is the price that's on the sticker, they're really the price. You know, another place that does that is auto repair shops, right? Like you never know if they're telling you, if something else is broken because they want to charge you more money and get, you know, and, and make the profit for themselves. Um, and I had an experience with this one time I went to go buy a truck. Um, <clears throat> Nina and I's car was stolen from uh, a church in the middle of a service in broad daylight as we were preparing for a massive conference here in Phoenix. It was stolen right out of the parking lot. So I went to go find another one to replace it, and I saw an advertisement online for this a similar kind of truck that we had for, I think it was like $12,000. And so as I was doing the math in my head, you know, didn't have the money, and, you know, forgive me, Dave Ramsey, but at the time I was making, I was looking to make payments and on it and everything. And so I went into the place and started having a very weird conversation. If you've ever been to one of these uh, kind of dishonest, less reputable uh, car dealerships. You know what I'm talking about, and you probably see how this is going to go. But as I was sitting there, the the man who was the salesman, um, he comes and asks me, you know, what I want my payments to be, and, you know, gives me the whole spiel. And he basically brings me back at the end of this very long conversation, this paper that says, um, you, uh, the, the payments for this, mind you, $12,000 car um, were, are going to be almost $800 a month. Now, the average used car price in America today is $521. The average new car payment today in 2023, inflation, prices, you know, going through the roof for everything is over $700. This was in the early 2000s. So you're talking 18 or 20 years ago. And this person walked in with a used truck telling me that it was going to be almost $800 a month. And my response to him was, is why would I pay $800 for anything um, that doesn't have a master bedroom, a kitchen, and a, uh, a couple of bathrooms in it? Like, well, that should be like the rent of an apartment, right? Well, this man said, <clears throat> well... Um, you know, am I only going to pay for like two years or what? Like, is it crammed down? He goes, oh no, this is a, not a 60 month payment, which is what I asked for. 
this is a 72-month payment. It was even longer. I was like, man, six years, $800 a month. I'm like, man, this is uh, turning into well over $12,000. And I asked him, I'm like, I don't understand the math. Like, I, I know interest rates, you know, for people who are younger might be a little bit higher, but man, this is just not making any sense to me. I mean, 800 bucks a month, you know, 800 and change times 12 months, you're looking at $10,000 a year. And then I'm going for six or seven years, that's 60 or $70,000 for a car that's 12 grand. I mean, at this rate, I should pay it off in about, you know, 16 to 18 months. And he goes, oh no, well, that's just uh, the, for, the, for the base level car. And I said, what do you mean? And he literally sat across from me and said, do you want the paint? I'm like, of the car, it's already painted. He goes, yeah, we put it on there, so we have to bill you for it. The 12000 was for the car without the paint. Do you want the clear coat? I said, it's already on there. Can you take it off? He's like, no. I'm like, well, then I have to take it, right? Yeah, okay, well, that's extra. Do you want the wheels, he said. Do you want the tires? Do you want the rims? Do you want the air that's in them? Do you want the bumper? Do you? And he went line by line for everything that's already on the truck. And he goes, those are not calculated in the cost. Those are extras that we put on. And that $12,000 truck that was advertised actually turned out to be well over $30,000. That is what you call earning a terrible reputation. But we all know people who do this. We know people who say one thing and do another. We know people who promise to do A and then they never do it or they do B. We know people who said that they will always be there on time but never show up. We relied on people at some point in time and they became unreliable. When we do things like that, we earn a terrible reputation. But if we pay attention to, draw closer to, honor God, have faith in his son that reconciles us to him, and then we draw closer to him, we invite Lady Wisdom to share with us everything that she knows, what it's going to do is not just give us that information, we're going to know how to apply that information correctly, and when we apply that information correctly and not in a selfish or greedy way, like this car dealership I was dealing with, when we do that correctly, we earn a good reputation. Another benefit of the wisdom of and acting in the wisdom of Almighty God is a good reputation. And the last thing <clears throat> that um, I want to draw our attention to today for this message in our series on wisdom is how we depend on wisdom, how we depend on it. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. We're starting to see a pattern. We're starting to see that um, there's an encouragement from Solomon through the, the preemptive um, unction of the Holy Spirit to write these things down and say these things, is do not lean onto your own understanding. 
do not depend on just what you know. Don't look at things from your own perspectives, your own um, positions, your own filters, your own biases. Don't look at them through that and then rely on it as if that's ultimate truth. You're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean or depend on just what you know. Why? Because as we mentioned last week, you don't know what you don't know. That definition of the word depend means to trust in, to show faith in, and rely upon. Why don't we depend on or lean on or trust our own understanding? Because it is limited, it is flawed, it is fallible, and it will not sustain us long term. Are you somebody who needs direction in life? You've been depending on your own way, your own thoughts, your own attitudes, your own belief, and that has left you lost and wandering and stressed and depressed and hopeless. Show respect and honor then and reverence to God. Put your trust in him through faith in his son. Don't depend on what you know. Depend on the knowledge and the wisdom and how to apply that knowledge that God gives. Seek him first. Ask him for wisdom. In 1887, a gentleman named Anthony Showalter was born in Cherry Grove, Virginia. He was very interested in music and became trained in music at the age of 14. He eventually grew through his studies to become a music teacher, and he is responsible for more than 2,000 compositions and 50 completed songbooks. He was a believer in Christ and became a pastor at several churches in different states and actually worked for a publishing company in the early 1900s. One day, um, he received some letters from two of his former students. As he was reading them, he began to get very emotional and choked up because they began to describe how their wives had contracted illnesses and died. It's two separate letters from two separate people. As he continued to read the letters, he realized that Um, these women died around the same time and were actually buried on the same day. These are a couple of his students. This Mr. Showalter was a singer and a worshiper. He wrote a lot of worship songs and a lot of hymns that we still sing today from time to time. And his heart was broken because his students had just poured out their grief, their sorrow, their heartbreak because they had lost their wives. And here they are, not just one, but two of them, and they're buried on the same day. As he was praying for them and thinking about them, he wanted to um, write a condolence letter to both of them and search the scriptures for an encouraging word. And he found one in Deuteronomy thirty-three twenty-seven. The eternal God is your refuge, and his everlasting arms are under you. He drives out the enemy before you and cries out, destroy them. 
after he wrote the condolence letter, he continued writing something that jumped in his heart from this passage. And he penned the words that you might be very familiar with to this day. He penned the words, leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. He wrote that entire hymn because of the loss of these women, his heart for these men who had lost their wives, and what he encouraged them to do above anything else was not to lean on their own understanding, but lean on Jesus. Those words of that song are leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarm. Leaning, 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 leaning on the everlasting arms. Is there some area in your life, a decision you have to make? Maybe you experienced a loss similar to these young men who wrote a letter to Mr. Showalter. Is there something that you're at an impasse with in your life? You're at a place where there's a fork in the road and you need to make a decision. I want to encourage you. Do not reject Lady Wisdom. Run to your Creator. Ask Him for His wisdom because He freely gives it for all who ask. Realize the benefits of that wisdom and then depend on on God, not yourself. When we put our trust in Him, we find that there is security, hope, and a future. When we put our trust in ourself, we're going to find that there is insecurity, brokenness, and despair. I want you this week to just kind of examine your life is there any place in your life where you're leaning on your own understanding? And if there is, go to your creator, go to almighty God and ask him, please give me your wisdom so I can take my trust away from myself and put it in the only thing that has never failed. And that is almighty God.